piece of music you're listening to is called Jazzy Detective. It's a minor key swinging jazz piece which sounds slightly comedic and has a lazy feel to it. I wrote this piece for the podcast The Saga of the European King, which is a medieval fantasy comedy podcast. You're listening to How I Make Music, a weekly show for music and audio producers to go behind the scenes of soundtrack composition and write more compelling original music. Each week, I break down a soundtrack that I've written and share the insights and decisions behind how it was made. My name is John Bartman. I'm a music composer and producer from South Africa, and this is How I Make Music. My friend Tom McNally of the audio drama Saga of the European King approached me to write a character theme for a detective gorilla character in the style of film noir, the dark detective movies from the 1940s. So my immediate reaction was to pick instrumentation which was typical in the 1940s in the jazz band era. In this track we've got a horn line made up of various brass instruments as well as a guitar, piano and the essential double bass. as well as the jazz drum kit, and this week we'll start with the drums. Let's give the drum part a listen on its own. It's a drum loop from a sample pack. I don't often get to record live drums. It really suits the theme of the piece, and there's no need to really uh, try and complexify it with different patterns. It's just the same loop throughout the whole track. There's a ride cymbal at the beginning of each loop, which sounds like this. And then, of course, those delicious little snare offbeats that give jazz syncopation its real color. That sounds like this. These are the tiny things that enable a drum loop to be extended out for two or three minutes without sounding boring. Small variations. I did feel that it needed something of a hi-hat just to keep the pulse going, so I recorded a kabasa. It's a cool rhythmic instrument with this ribbed metal that you turn beads on, and it sounds like this. So let's hear that with the original drum loop, and you'll see it just adds a little bit of top end. Great. Next up, the double bass. Now, I'm going to play it along with the piano, just to give you some context. Here's the double bass. I used a sampled double bass for that part, so that's a double bass that you can play on a keyboard using your computer. But I did have the luxury of being able to use a small part from a real double bass recording that I'd done for a different project. Let's give it a listen. Just that little slide up the fretboard adds a bit of character to the song at an appropriate time. 
right at the end. It's almost like the double bass is signing off. Here it is one more time. I included that part because it's the unique sound that that instrument makes. It's a low register, fretless slide, meaning that you don't hear any uh, gaps between the notes being changed. It's like a smooth slide. And as small as it is, I do think it adds some character to the piece and uh, just breaks the sense of monotony that you do sometimes get from sampled instruments. So fortunately, I was able to use that from one of my other projects, and I think it's pretty cool. Here is the same double bass being played in the other project, an electro swing track by my band Pravda. Listen to the double bass in the background, you'll hear how it slides down as only a fretless bass can. So the take home here is that if you're working with different projects and bands, it's okay to repurpose some of the material that you've written. If you are taking the trouble to record real instruments, then make sure you get the maximum mileage that you can out of those sessions. That audio, that live audio that you record is gold in the world of soundtrack music, or it can be gold in the world of uh, soundtrack music, which is often limited to your set of samples or your library or the toolbox on your computer. As much as possible, try to use live instrumentation. It has a special effect on the human ear and tends to grab the attention of the listener more than sampled instruments do. Speaking of sampled instruments, let's give the horns a listen, and I'll openly say you can hear how unrealistic they sound. It sounds like a computer or synthesized horns. Give it a listen. I'll break that part into three for you. We'll do a cascade, starting with a patch called Six Horns, then adding a French horn ensemble, and then adding a trumpet sound. You'll hear them come in one by one. This track goes back quite a ways. Uh, I have better ways of making brass sounds now. I'm a little bit insecure about how that sounds. And I must have at that time because I asked my trumpeter friend if I could use some of the samples he'd recorded. So here are live trumpet sounds which augment those horns and give them a more human feel. Here are two glissandos or slides performed by my trumpeter friend Monib Hermans. I'm super thankful that there is a live element to the brass in this track. Brass is very much the central part of a jazz band from this era, so I wanted it at least to sound a little bit realistic. The end result, I'll just play a snippet from the final track, the finished track, and you can hear the way the trumpet tails off before the piano solo starts, and it really bridges the two parts quite nicely, having that live glissando sound. Here it is.
The guitar I used in this track ended up being a little bit of a nightmare. I'd like to play it for you as usual, but this time I'd like to point out why it is not actually very good. I'd like to point out why it could be better. While I was recording this song, I was away from my usual setup. I was visiting family in Brisbane, Australia at the time, and all I had access to was a really basic um, student guitar. I've mentioned in the past that you shouldn't let your equipment get in the way of completing projects, so I went ahead and recorded it anyway, doing my best to EQ and reverb the sound until it sounded like it wasn't sticking out of the mix. So here's the guitar on its own. Yikes, so a student guitar, an acoustic guitar, which isn't really the right choice for this type of music. And now that I'm in front of my regular setup again, I can hear a specific frequency that should have been cut. It kind of sounds like a ringing. I'm going to do something I haven't done on the podcast before. I am going to boost that frequency, that is the problem, and then I'm going to cut it. So give this guitar part a listen again and see, I'm not sure what sound system you're on. But see if you can hear the difference between the problem frequency being there and then going away. Let's try that. And we cut it. Oh, that sounded a lot better to me after I cut that frequency at about 250 hertz. But the important thing is that I realized at the time I was working with a limited setup and I reacted by not giving the guitar too much importance in this song. Even though guitar is actually my first instrument, I would have been able to record something a little more sophisticated, perhaps use different voicings, but I stuck to this one basic loop and this one basic change throughout the whole song because I knew that if I try to get fancy, by playing all over the fretboard, there might be intonation issues, and I knew that there might be fret buzz, so I found one thing that worked with this limited piece of gear, and I stuck with it. This is how you overcome limitations when you're trying to create work for a client to spec. You have to be quite aware of the limitations of your gear, and play your strong hand while kind of hiding or diminishing the role of your weak hand. I hope that makes sense, and... Of course, your most important asset as a music producer or composer is what makes you unique, your unique take on the world or those things that you do that you don't see a lot of other people doing. These are the things that you really have to play up. You have to make a name for yourself around your uniqueness. Cool. Let's move on to the piano. The piano, also a standard instrument in this type of 1940s swing jazz band setup. You've already heard a bit of it with the bass guitar earlier. Let's play a quick snippet of that once more. In jazz music, the piano often fulfills the role of the rhythm instrument. So it just does comping, like chords with the left hand dancing around the beat. But in this track, I gave it a central role, it actually plays that main melody, while the guitar handles the rhythm, the guitar and the bass handle the rhythm. 
Because it has a featured role, I wanted to put more attention into making it sound a little bit distinctive. One of my regular critiques of music that's produced now is that there's not enough variation or humanity in the sound. So how do you bring this humanity or this variation, this unpredictability to uh, a keyboard instrument like a piano? One of the solutions I found was in velocity. Velocity is the hardness with which you play the instrument. And it's slightly different to volume because you can turn the volume of an instrument up and play it really softly, whereas velocity has a deliberate attacking sound. One or two of the notes in this little melody, I really ramped up the velocity so that they st stood out or jumped out a little bit more. Here's what I'm talking about. You can hear how these two notes really jump out. I personally prefer it when music surprises me and to me it's often unacceptable to compress and automate and limit the liveness of music. In my opinion, one of the things which makes music most attractive to us is that it's an uncontrollable phenomenon. We are thrilled when music um, manages to push the boundaries and break the rules that it sets for itself. So in this little short melodic passage, you might say one of the rules is that we're playing very smoothly and then out of nowhere, it breaks the rules by playing just one or two notes with a lot of emphasis. And this has the effect on the human ear of jolting you and waking you up somewhat and thrills you slightly. The piano has a solo in the middle of the track, keeps hogging the limelight, as jazz players sometimes do. We'll play the full thing at the end, but I'll just play you a snippet of how it sounds for now. It follows the basic rules of jazz soloing, starting low, ending high, and subverting expectations. So here's a piano solo for you. Maybe one day I'll be able to record something like that first time, but for now I used a healthy amount of MIDI editing to correct some of the notes and the swing timing. So thank MIDI for that awesome solo. We'll hear the full thing at the end. There's one more keyboard instrument in this song, which is a rock organ. Let's give that a listen. Another very simple part, just occupying a background role and reinforcing the rhythm that's set by the rhythm section, the drums, double bass and guitar. The patch used, Ableton users will recognize it's the standard rock organ patch and it sounds to me like some kind of sampled Hammond organ or perhaps a Wurlitzer from an earlier era. Also contributing to the vintage sound of this track. Well, folks, that's about it for this week. What you've just heard is the sound to the character Go Go Gorilla from the 
audio drama, The Saga of the European King. I'll link that in the show notes, of course. Another link you might want to check out is the soundtrack to the reboot of Grim Fandango, which was this great detective game from years ago. The soundtrack and the whole game, in fact, got redone. The soundtrack artist is Peter McConnell. I encourage you to go check out the link that I put in the show notes to a track called Mr. Frustration Man on YouTube. And I'll also link to an episode of the game scoring podcast, Top Score, which features an in-depth interview with him. I only heard it years after making this track, but I thought it was spot on for the sound and the theme. So if you like this kind of sound, go check out that stuff in the show notes. So as usual, we'll listen to the full track in just a moment. But before we do that, thank you for listening to How I Make Music, my weekly show in which I break down one of my original soundtracks and share the insights behind how it was made so you can make better music or at least have an idea of what other people like us are up to. There's a new episode every Wednesday. If you like it, subscribe and share it with your music producer friends. If you need fresh music for your own podcast or video production, you can download this track, the track from this episode called Jazzy Detective, via my website, johnbartman.com, J-O-H-N-B-A-R-T-M-A-N-N.com. A load of people have already used it in their YouTube and Instagram videos, so go ahead and grab it. There are loads of other tracks on that site. You can search the music page by keyword, genre, title, mood, or instrument for music for your own productions. Unusual music, stuff that doesn't sound just like everything else. It's supposed to be human. It's supposed to sound a little bit weird, and it's specifically for small content creators. So go ahead and download original royalty-free soundtrack music and podcast themes for your own project at johnbartman.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here is Jazzy Detective, a film noir, slightly comedic swing jazz composition in its entirety. Catch you next week. Mm -hmm.